I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we coming from our basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. In a wild time in the Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now, here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome to another episode of the Podcastianos. I am Jordan Hall, and I'm joined as always by Eric Wayne. Eric, what's going on? You know, I'm just living the dream. I'm I, I'm I'm happy to be connected to you because I'm listening for the cricket this this week again. So. I'm I'm happy to report that my basement is now cricket free, at least for the moment. Um, Did you I, kill it? I didn't kill it. I I waited it out. I think that was your your recommendation. You'd said sooner or later that thing would die. Sure yeah, enough, we, you were right. Everything dies eventually. Although we just got um, real meta all of a sudden. Yeah, right. <laughs> Although even if the cricket was dead. It, maybe it will come back to life. Oh, gosh. Speaking of, <laughs> before we get into the meat of the show, I wanted to take a second to update all I of you guys. I think this is the meat of the show. This is the meat. It, it won't get better from here. There, it will probably <laughs> get worse. It might stay the same. Um, but our longtime listeners will know I have a betta fish. Um, one of my best friends kind of in this world. Uh, his name is Jordan Swimmerman. And on last week's show, <laughs> I reported that while I was in Chicago for a wedding, um, I left him in the care of my father who promptly killed him. So I'm with him on Monday, and he's floating down, floating upside down dead, like, all day. No movement. Nothing's going on with, like, his little fish face. I don't dump him because, let's be <laughs> honest, I'm lazy. I'm like, eh, I'll do it tomorrow. It's not hurting me. Tuesday morning, I get to the office, still dead. Um, and in the morning, I see him, like, fluttering his fins. And I'm like, no, that can't be. I tell Whitney, but by the time she comes and looks, he has stopped, naturally, as you would. And she's like, dude, you're crazy. And like then, Michigan J. Frog from the old Warner Brothers commercials where you try to show somebody and it's just a dead frog. And then are you tracking? No, you never mind. I've, if I he, have, some people know that. I'm that talking seems about. like an apt analogy, though. I don't know uh, this this Michigan J. Frog that you're speaking of. Um, okay. Continue. So I'm like, no, he's alive. Finally, I'm eating lunch at my desk and I see him just start flapping his little fish fins. And all of a sudden he's just like darting around the tank and um like probably more lively than I saw him for the previous two or three weeks before his, you know, his death. Um, and I, he was alive when I left on Friday. And to the best of my knowledge, he still is, you know, hashtag miracle. Well, this goes along with my theory that it wasn't poor care by your father. It was just that he missed you that could... and your, your presence again, just brought him back to life. 
Yeah. That, that, just like the Evanescent song. That was, Bring me back to life. Save me. Exactly like that. Um, I was – well, I was thinking, and somebody actually tweeted this to me, to also possible omen for the Tigers. Yeah. From the brink of death to full life once more. Specifically maybe um, for Jordan Zimmerman, his his namesake. Yeah. Or Justin Upson, maybe. Oh, very interesting. Um, I couldn't help but notice that this happened the same week as the Donnie Kelly bobblehead giveaway in Toledo. Makes you think, hmm. It, it doesn't make me think at all. You're going to have to help me. What do you What do you mean? I mean, the the bobbleheads probably have some sort of power. I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at. Did you Did you score one? I did not. I speaking of, if you did just score their one, just their existence alone through the, the through the distance was able to to uh, remedy your fish. It's probably no more than like five hours from here, if we're being honest. Yeah. Um. And my my dad keeps asking me like, so when are we going to PetSmart to get a new fish? I'm like, he's still alive. We're not flushing my alive fish, you animal. Yeah, when are we going to get a new dad? You know, come on. <laughs> um, so if you want to get in touch with the, sh- with the show, you can at podcastianos.com. On Twitter.com, I am at JordanHall23. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at PodcastIanos. Um, I am on the Instagram. Eric, you are not on the Instagram, correct? Correct. I am on the Instagram. Um, you 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 are hot enough on the Instagram for both of us combined, Jordino. <laughs> I am at Jordino for, and I'll spell that for all of you American listeners, J-O-R-D-I-N-H-O for. Um, and we'd love it if you take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Kind of put it on the back burner for the last couple months, but it is very important uh, helping other Tigers fans find the show. So if you haven't already, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever you're listening to us on and like take a screenshot tweet it at me tweet it at eric actually I, I shouldn't speak for you but i'll retweet it so that's yeah. that's something there's no reason to keep all the misery to yourself share the pain that's very share true. the podcast i'm blaine hardy and you're listening to the podcast Yanos. let's jump into some tigers talk um for the first time this year the big interesting talking point in the season happened the day before we recorded not mm. the day after um so why don't we just jump right into it uh, the game Saturday was was interesting. Um, for those who didn't see, you you should be ashamed. The there were four ejections by home plate umpire Mike Everett, starting with Victor early on, followed by Wally Joyner and Brad Osmus, and then finally JD late in the game. Have you ever seen anything like that before? Well, I got to confess, I didn't. I wasn't able to see the game live, but I watched. I read all the stories and watched the highlights. What struck me was the lack of a particular inciting incident. It was just the slow grind of him giving questionable strikes over and over. And frankly, Victor started it, the it started to wear on him, and finally, he's like, "Enough of this!" And he's kind of turned and had it out with them. But just the way the whole thing developed seemed a little weird to me. I don't know. What was your take? Yeah, I mean that that kind of seems seems very interesting. Um, Verducci, who was calling the game bloodbath, by the way, from Fox Sports One, um, oh, said that based on how kind of quick they all got the hook, it almost made you think that they all you know hit the magic word like immediately. And like I just don't I don't buy that. Like nothing substantial happened. Right. Like there wasn't enough time that elapsed for them to have gone to the brink. In my in the way that uh, Wally and Brad 
especially went out to argue, they were very conscious, you could tell, of not showing them up or gesturing too much. In fact, Wally had his hands behind his back and so did Brad, you know, just trying to have a conversation with them, animated because they're they're a little torqued and and rightly so. Um, But to run four guys, it's like it's insane. It really is, especially considered, like you said, there was no inciting incident. There was way more excitement in Brad Austin's putting the sweatshirt on the home on home plate oh, yeah. a couple of months ago than all four of these ejections combined. It was, it was just yeah. so bizarre. Now, Victor kind of got some of his money's worth after he was ejected, which but somebody before. should have. I mean, if we're yeah. being honest, somebody get yeah. their money's worth. All right. So I get the kind of. Um, the what happened with the ejections and kind of the style of it mm-hmm. do you think they were justified i mean uh, at all i mean was it was his strike zone fair for both sides i wouldn't say that it was fair for both sides it wasn't you know not to not to disagree with the boys but i actually didn't think it was that bad um there were a lot of calls that i would say weren't good but they weren't like outrageous um, right. It was for me. It was how he handled the descent that was the like bad umpiring. Right. I'm I'm with you, and that's kind of wondered looking back and looking at the incident. I'm like, okay, so he has a large strike zone. There's nothing, unless it's incredibly horrible. I don't mind a little larger strike zone if you're calling him equally for both teams. Brad claimed that that they didn't call it equal for both That's teams. That's true. Which, I did see that. To be fair, I don't you know, the 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 Angels pitchers weren't trying to or excuse me, our pitchers weren't were trying weren't trying to hit that same spot. Um right. it was almost like it was a quirk in his strike zone that the Angels pitchers were yeah. like, "All right, let's throw it here." And they kept doing it and you know, whereas um because you know, it was that low strike Yes, which has apparently I was reading on, on Twitter today. Apparently, he's historically um, known for his his low ball um, right. strike calling, and they were pretty well framed. I mean, I don't I forget who's the Angels catcher. I think it was Perez that that night. Perez. No, it was no, it was Jet. One of the one of the great baseball names. Perez, I think, caught game one. Jet Bandy was the the catcher. Of course, last the combination of John and Chet, which I thought was an interesting story. Anyway, but yeah, they're like. I mean, kind of framing him, pulling him back up, maybe a little funny business. Maybe he just can't see down there. But, yeah, there was definitely a a, a, a flaw in the system. Um, I tweeted, like, at MLB because, you know, sometimes I just want to be a douche to someone's face, like, on the Internet um, about, you know, why aren't all the videos of him ruining the game on the app, which I would have liked to have watched them, you know, five or six times, as, oh, as yeah, one yeah, does. Yeah. And then I realized it's probably, like, some college intern handling the account on a random Saturday night. Like, no, I probably I th- should. Well, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, you don't need to be a dick to people, but that's a fair question. Like, I was just watching the – um to believe it or not to get ready for the podcast i was kind of reviewing the week and watching the um they have one and a half minute recap videos of each of the games Mm -hmm. so i watched the one from last night zero mention of the ejections (laughs) none like that was the main part of the freaking game and you're not even going to put it on your on your highlight reel yeah come on it isn't good pr which i i get but yeah you can't you can't just avoid that well, you're building into the whole 
you know, not trusting what's written and presented on MLB.com. Like um, Jason Beck, I really appreciate a lot. I like reading his stories. Um, I think he does a thorough job. Uh, in fact, I made jokes of it a lot earlier, how, you know, kind of thorough he is and he's always at the park and stuff, but not letting that kind of stuff be in videos and not writing, letting guys write about that stuff fuels the, the, the discrediting of what these guys are doing and they're doing a good job. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, the big narrative on Twitter was that the, the umpire lost the game for the tigers. Did you, did you buy into that? Are you, are you buying that? I'm, I'm not buying no, that. No, I, I don't buy that. They they had chances to win the game. That's kind of what it comes down like, to. Because that the ejections were like the first one was like the third inning or something, right? Yeah, you know what it reminds me of. Do, do you, Michigan Michigan State football game last year? Did you watch it? I'm sure I did. You have to remind. There me. was a a linebacker from Michigan, Joe Bolden, got ejected in like the second quarter. It probably wasn't a good call. Um, and I, I can't remember. It either helped a drive or hurt a drive that was going. I don't remember. It it changed the complexion of the game, but it was okay. in the second yep. quarter. Like, there right. was still plenty of time for the game to have been won or lost. Like, yeah. this didn't preclude us from winning the game. You know, Victor and J.D. were out of the lineup, but Collins right. had two hits. Romine drove in the massive run and threw out a guy at first that, let's be honest, J.D. Wow. would not have. And Upton had the tying run at third base. I think it was either the seventh or the eighth inning that he didn't cash in. Um, it kind of seems like maybe a little bit of a lazy way to to break that, that game down to me. You, you think it reflects a little bit of a lack of mental toughness and focus? That's a very interesting point. That's actually where I wanted to go next. Um, I wonder where the team's mindset is right now. Yeah, I, it's it's they're so close. They're so close to kind of getting into that next spot. But, you know. I don't want to put too much on, you know, leadership or passion or energy or something like that. But even if it's to one or two guys just to go to the media and say, hey, yeah, we really want this. We are, you know, we're fired up about this. The Tigers really don't have a rah-rah guy. No. And maybe they don't need that. But you look at the team and they it's 162 games. It is a total grind. But where do you see sparks of passion? Yeah, I mean, you see them from Iglesias from time to time. Um, Ian, uh, he had, I mean, he's, he's, he's occasionally a fiery guy. And after, I don't know if you, you didn't see the game, uh, when Romine threw out the trout going back to first, there was a Mm -hmm. noticeable fist pump from Miggy and it almost felt like a, okay, now we go win the game. And obviously the chips didn't, didn't fall that we were able to win the game, but that was the first time in recent memory that I'm like, all right. Now, yeah. now the surge comes and that was, that was good to see. Um, but then you got into today and there, there Nothing. seemed like a sense of carryover. Yeah, I think so. I think maybe I'm making too much of it. You know, I, every game's a new game. Brad, uh, is big on, you know, the, we're all professionals. None of this carries over and all that stuff, but I was actually, I, I was really hoping that you were going to be at the game today. Cause I would have loved to I have know. gotten the sense of the ballpark, like where, where, I mean, not that you can tell from the stands, how the players are feeling, but in, in a certain way, you kind of can, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would have loved to have been like, all right, where are their heads at? Because this is a, this, you know, we talked about last week being hashtag moving week. We're not, ex- we're not out of the moving week. We're just nope. aren't in the, such an, such an easy part of our schedule at this point. I mean, right. these next couple of weeks are, are when, if we're going to have a chance to steal it. I guess win it in September is 
this is when yep. we're going to set that up. Um, so and who who predictly pre- predictly correctly <laughs> predicted the outcome of this week? Um, I believe that you did. I <laughs> that's right. Um, you got to rub it in whenever. What I can. was that Friday night? I was I was sitting pretty good. I was like, all right. Yeah, you're you know puffed your chest like, out. Do, you're feeling do good. Do I feel like a genius? I mean, yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> and then obviously, um, as as Michigan State uh, football fans like to say, the pride comes before the downfall. Um, and I, I certainly had had the downfall. Um, the game on on Saturday really took the shine off what had started off as a, a really incredible week. Three great starts from Tigers pitchers. Anibal um, threw really well on Tuesday, and then Boyd and Daniel Norris um, six innings for six innings apiece. Uh, three earned runs for Boyd. Two earned runs for Norris on Thursday. Obviously, that's not exactly like world beating competition, but they're really starting to cement themselves a substantial part of this club's future. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, and it was fun. Like uh, I forget it was Maori or one of the B guys posted the record for the fill-ins last year mm-hmm. and how it was just to completely lopsided with losses and high ERA. And then you look at those same three guys this year and they're carrying the freight. They're yeah. carrying a lot of freight for this team. And that's fun to watch. I mean, you look at some of the guys that started last year. You got Ky- that's it's really interesting. Kyle Ryan, um, Buck through, you know, had a couple starts and even uh, Randy Wolf started a few games. For oh us. yeah. Um, plus obviously uh, these two. No, that's, that's a really interesting uh, piece. You should, you should send me and, and everyone else to link to that. I should. I'll find it. Um, interesting. In all three of the games against the Twins, uh, we tacked on runs, I think, in the sixth inning or later, which, to be fair, is more or less the second half of the of the game. But we had the lead at that point, And usually we're like, all right, cool. We're good. Like, let's just, right. you know, let's let our relief pitchers do their thing. You know, we'll, we'll have a couple grinder at bats, but for the most part, we'll just go down quickly. Um, and they, they look they look like a team that wanted to go somewhere. Um, and that just feeds in more to um, how annoying it is that it it looks at the moment that the that the ejection game on Saturday has us out of our of our groove, so to speak. Yeah, and it's sad after just the, the dismantling of the Twins that we did. I mean, it wasn't particularly close. I felt like the whole series we were just taking them apart, and every. Every additional run made me smile. And I have no mercy for them. Even though they're scuffling, it's just like I want to pound them into the ground with every run and every hit at bat. I mean, is that like game 163 related or just oh, kind it's of? Oh, it's totally. Yeah, it's harboring with inside of my soul where I just want to crush the twins. <laughs> uh, Joe oh. Maurer, he's, uh, he's having himself an interesting year. What, what's, what, what's his year like? Oh, he's, he's hitting like 270. Which is wildly un-Joe Mauer-like. Is he just all opposite field crap and not pulling the ball with any power, all that kind of garbage? I mean, I don't watch them regularly, but that's pretty much He's having a poor year. what we saw. Yeah. That makes me happy. It's kind of like, uh, you know how we had Miggy in the mud hands for a while? Yeah. It's like Dozier in the Red Wings up there, Ooh, isn't it? That's a nice yeah. That's a nice AAA drop. If you'd asked yeah. me, you know, gun to your head, what's the what's the AAA affiliate of the of the Twins? I would not have been able to the rochester red wings and i actually saw them this year that was who i saw Did you? toledo play and i still no, wouldn't have been able to apparently i'm dumb but dozier is carrying some freight for them yeah he's big time i, I was uh I, I was listening to the game on was it thursday the day game said that he is the uh second in the american league in slugging since like the beginning of june 
which is wow. just nuts for a second baseman. Yeah, just have. Yeah. I think they had him hit in third all series. There's just no protection for him. Yeah, which is which is too bad. I hate I hate to see the Twins just just struggling. Um, Speaking, I, I one final tw- Twins thought, if you'll permit me, I went on a mini rant about this, but they're they're penciled to, to finish. They had a good season last year, right? They were a, they, above they had a five hundred last year. Yeah, yeah, a surprising season. Um, they're they're gonna they're gonna finish probably about twenty games worse this year than they did last year. And they were talking about this on the telecast. And of course, with the Twins telecast, we had one Craig Monroe, <laughs> and Craig is. Oh yeah, you know they're gonna finish their because they showed the different winning percentages and how it was way down. And uh, yeah, you know it just shows you know they're really missing Tory Hunter. <laughs> and I was just like, really, Tory Hunter last year was worth twenty games. That is a heck of a narrative. I, I like, love that narrative. I know it just flows on a telecast. Like, oh, here's something we can talk about, Tori, and stuff like that. But it's just so utterly untrue. Yeah. And Tori might be worth, I don't know, three or four games. I mean, he's right. he's a good sure. player and he's a good influence. But my goodness. But to ascribe their 20-game uh, fall to the veteran leadership of one Tory Hunter. I was just kind of like this nobody should be listening to this. Yeah, bold strategy, and, Craig. Bold strategy. Yeah. <laughs> and Mario, you know, Mario's job is not, you know, to bring hot takes. No. Mario is is the broadcaster and he's, you know, he's kind of agreeing with them and making conversation like he needs to. Uh, but it's just kind of like it's so garbage. Yeah, it's it's I feel like he's done a lot of like babysitting recently and not to, yes. not to speak poorly of our of our guys, because I like Rod and I like Gibby. Yeah. The three man booth is just an abomination like no, that. That is so rough on on everyone. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I Rod think... or uh, excuse me, Mario has a job to do, and that's to keep the telecast on the rails and just <laughs> and <laughs> try to manage most part. He does that. Yeah, yeah. You uh, I mean, you can't be too edgy. Right, no, and you can't be not. too technical, and he, for what he what his job is, he does a fine job. He does a good job. Um, one rough spot this past week, and to be fair, the last couple of weeks has been uh, Mr. Ian Kinsler, uh, five of fifty one over the last fifteen games, which Yikes. I believe is somewhere in the O ninety range. Only four runs in that time span. Um, he's been so incredible. I'm I'm tempted to just give him a pass. Are you good with that? Yeah, that's fine. They gave him the night off, and then he came back and he hit that double, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, he's fixed again. He's fine. But J, J up treatment. Yeah, give him the J up treatment. Um, I, I'm noticing he's popping the ball up more. Yeah. And once if he's giving getting pop outs, that is not the Ian Kinsler that we need. And I don't. I, I'm not sophisticated enough to break down his the tech technicalities of his swing to say oh he's dropping a shoulder or he's you know Mm -hmm. stepping in a bucket or so i have no idea but i do notice that when you get a few pop-ups from him that's a tough thing for him to work out of yeah which which i get um especially when you're in a slump like that the only thing you want to do is work on you know make sure you're hitting the ball hard i feel like you hear craig talk about that all the time and which probably makes it less true but (laughs) um you know and and all he's trying to do right now is to to hit the ball hard somewhere and when you're pressing like that i mean that's the first thing first thing that goes in a slow pitch softball swing is that back shoulder and you know you hit everything sky high yep 
But I, I do kind of give him a pass, like you said. He's been so good for us the the, the beginning of this year, the first part of this year, that um, you know his numbers were 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 just terrific. So he, he he gets a little leniency. And if we're being honest, we are not even close to in contention to to do what we're doing right now with without without Kinsler. Yeah, and he right. and he plays almost every day. Um, yep. You know that's. I know he's he's nimble. We talked about it with Emily. He's really light on his feet and he's super athletic. Um, but still, I mean, that's a it's such a grind. Like there's no way for us yep. regular humans to comprehend how tough it is for them to, you know, I'll I'll play softball at night and the next morning yep. I wake up and I'm like, oh, why, I have to go to work like this. So, I mean, exactly. that's he's a, super athletic. He he does he plays outstanding defense i think his defense is underrated oh definitely yeah i think if he had a, a dustin pedroia name he would have no problem winning himself a gold glove this year yeah but he's not going to so let's move no. on all right here's where we're at as we speak we are f- uh four and a half games back of the indians we're three and a half games back of boston they lead the wild card chase and we're two games back of baltimore for that second spot how are you feeling Oh, man. I, I mean, we just need a spurt of better play for a little while, a couple weeks where you win, you know, uh, eight out of 10, you know, that that kind of thing. And then we, we you just need a little bit better play. I mean, and we I, you feel like you are on the on track with that with a five game win streak. We can do that if just avoid the three and four game losing streaks and we'll be OK and string together some of these longer ones. Um, how am I feeling? Uh, yeah, it's like, we're so close, but can't quite get there. I don't know. Yeah. What we've, do you think? we've knocked on the door. Um, you know, before the, the five game losing streak a couple of weeks ago, we were what one or two games back in the wild card and yeah. knocking down Cleveland's door. And then we, we screwed that up. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm still very confident that we could win a wild card. Jim on the radio. I, I listen to the games on the on the radio a lot. If you if you can't tell, Jim is, quality. is constantly talking about how he's not even looking at the wild card. He's just talking about the division. And right now yep. with with Salazar, I didn't check on his start today. I'm assuming it probably wasn't wasn't real great. He hasn't been good. Uh, Bauer hasn't been good, and Josh Tomlin has been you know the poop emoji. You know they're working with Kluber and and Carlos Carrasco. That's a team. That we can get at a little bit. Yep. Um, here's and we play them a bunch. We too. have seven games with them still, so that'll be. I mean, without a doubt, our our division chances will be will be made or break, made or broke. Is that is it? Would that be the phrase? Breaking, breaking, yeah, <laughs> right there. Um, here's who we have this week. We'll get into the pitching matchups later. We have three at home against Chicago, and then we travel to Kansas City, who has been uh, fire emoji for three. Are you ready for the uh, the schedules of our competitors? Yeah. Um, the Indians have three at home against Minnesota, um, which on the surface sounds not good for us. But uh, Cleveland is five and eight against Minnesota this year, and according to J- Dan and Jim, Minnesota um, scores seven plus runs per game against Cleveland this year. Wow! Which is one of those freak statistical anomalies. Um, and then the Indians have three at home against uh, the Marlins, who shockingly are still in the race. Like actually yep. in the, the division and and the wild card race, so tip of the cap to to the fish. Um, Ichiro carrying that team. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, do you remember the old the old commercials that talk about Ichiro being number one? I think it was an ESPN commercial. No, I don't. Oh, you should you should Google those are 
Those are, oh, are classic. Um, Red Sox, three at home against Tampa and three in Oakland. Oakland have done us a few favors recently. Good. Thank you, Oakland. Uh, I think they took down the Indians maybe two of three. Yeah. All right, cool. I, I think you're right. You set the sights on the on the Indians. They, they're they're vulnerable. Um, Orioles have three at home uh, against Toronto. That's not ideal for them. And then three at home yeah. against the, the Yanks. Um, it's not exactly like moving week 2.0, but this is, a, these are, this is another week that um, I, I don't hate our schedule. And, you know, some of these other teams are, are playing people. Yeah. Uh, th- what's kind of sucks is there's, there's multiple teams in the mix here. So even if one falters, I mean, there can be more, more people, more uh, players. And then you saw, you talked about Kansas city. Yeah. I don't, know. E- I don't even want to look at them. <laughs> I, I know we should, right. I know that that's due diligence, but I don't even want to look at them yet. Cause I know, you know, you want to look up, you want to look up on the, on the standings charts, but there could be some coming up from behind too. So there's a lot of teams right in the mix. So you, you really do need to be the best of the bunch. And and there's no reason we can't be. Um, so that's that that's where we're at right now. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm 100% confident that we're going to win the division, but I'm also not. Um, You're not writing off the possibility. No, and and I still like if you were to say you know gun to your head are we making the you know the wild card? I'd be like, yeah, I think we're going to. Mm-hmm. Pretty optimistic. I know. I I have that that undying streak. I actually put on Twitter the other day that game when Norris was so good and James McCann was hammering the ball. Oh yeah, I'm like Went the, four for five. The optimist in me is is just freaking out right now. Like you know, hashtag here we go. Um, that didn't so much last for McCann though. He's he's coming around <laughs> a little bit. Um, and obviously I have a, I have a lot of faith in in Daniel still. I was just gonna say if McCann learns how to hit right handers. That would be so big. It would be like like Happy Gilmore learning how to putt, you know, <laughs> just completely put it together. And how's my prediction about McCann being the best catcher in the American League? How's that looking right now? Um, I'm not going to say that it's good. It's it's not. Um, he's he's. Okay. <laughs> I think about that every once in a while. I was just like, oh, he hasn't gotten any better against righties, and we that should. was like. We should go back and listen to those before the the last show of the year and see how, oh. see how silly we silly boys we are. Got to be ridiculous. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Power rankings choices. We have models of minivan. Okay. You know, sliding doors on the sides. Minivans. I've heard of them. They're nice. Um, Also, um, to keep up with current events, uh, this past week, I went to the local fair. 
Oh. Are you familiar with like county fairs? Oh yeah, I, I love county fairs. I'm I'm a big animal dude, so I, I love the county fairs. So I spent a little time at the fair. Um, you know, at this time of year, every every county backwards place in Michigan has a fair. So I I have for you uh, farm animals. Yes, I have strong strong opinions here. This is you have strong farm animals. Definitely animals. up my up my alley. Yeah. That's that's where we're going. Obviously. All right, here we go. Farm animals. Um, I have for you the top seven and the bottom three farm animals. Starting at number seven is a goat. Goats are ugly. They have rectangular eyes. Really? Um, is that is that true? Yeah, like their pupils are like rectangular. That is baller. Look at a goat next next time you see a goat. You look at right square in the eyes or rectangularly in the eyes, as the case may be, you and you'll it. notice. You'll notice the goat eyes. Um, so goats, you know, make milk and they you can kill them and eat them like goat meat. Mm-hmm. But those products are both inferior to other animal milk and meats. Let's be serious. Yeah, There's a reason right? that that's like you have to specify goat milk as opposed to yeah. milk. Yeah, it's some sour, nasty-ass cheese. You don't, you don't want goat cheese. You know, they stuff it in olives or some nonsense. I don't want any goat dairy products. Low-key, I've never had any sort of goat dairy product. I would imagine it's nasty, though. Yeah. To me, it's just kind of bit, It's just kind of sour. And, uh, I've had it a couple times, but no. It you don't want It sounds hideous. Right. Anyway, so that's why it's kind of low on the list. But, you know, it's somewhat useful, mm-hmm. a goat. All right. Especially I'm sure if you're living like I don't know, where where I feel like uh in Asia or something people are running around with goats. The Middle East like not around here. You don't need goats. This is America. This All is right. America. Number 6 is horses. Horses are pretty pretty useless. <laughs> I mean, farms would have horses because you needed them to haul stuff and pull stuff like plows and, you know, do work. But you know what we have now? Tractors. <laughs> Tractors are a lot easier and more cost effective and don't poop all over like horses do. Horses now are just for fancy people doing fancy things. They're not a farm animal. They're just like a hobby, you know, fanciness thing. They're overrated. You have any comments about horses? No, I'm good with that. <laughs> okay. Number five is turkeys. Turkeys are delicious, but not like delicious enough where you want them more than once a year. Really? Right? You don't eat turkey regularly? Come on. You I eat turkey, turkey during Thanksgiving. Oh. And otherwise, you're just getting some like imitation deli turkey sheets, you know, and you're just putting it on a sandwich. No, you're not no. really craving turkey. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. You get the turkey. Are you like, are you, uh, what is it, roasting turkeys more than once a year, Hall? I personally am not because I, I don't have a cooking bone in my body. But no, Whitney makes these like, they're like mini uh, Thanksgiving turkeys. We do those like, I don't know, maybe really? once like a week. Real, once a like fortnight. a real. Yeah, they're 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 small. I mean, they're not they're not big guys. But a real honest to goodness turkey, not just like a turkey loaf. Uh, to be honest, I don't know exactly what a turkey. You don't loaf know is. the difference. We, we, Does it have legs? No, it's just like a big hunk of turkey, just like a, oh. like what you'd get on Thanksgiving, just like small. Okay. Yeah. 
Dude, tur- turkey's where it's at. I love turkey. Turkey? I don't like turkey. What do you put though. with it? What do you put with it? You need something Ca- with the turkey. I don't know. You just eating like a slab of turkey breast. Yeah, you know what I mean? Going on with it. Yeah, for sure. Well, she seasons it. I don't know. I don't want to see how it's made. All right. I just turkey turkey is about a top five. It's a five farm animal out of, you know, let's be real. I hate turkeys. Like, like turkeys freak me out. It's like, what's going on inside that thing's head, you know? Yeah, they, they got the waddle. Yeah. You know, they got the thing, it's you un- know? It's unpleasant. Turkeys aren't giving you any good eggs. I mean, yeah, I'll, that's number five. I'll take your word there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, four is sheep. Sheep, uh, they have the wool thing going on, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. But I learned that, I mean, sheep, farmers, herders, they don't really make much money or really do anything useful for the wool. Hmm. I suppose in the in the modern age that we have with, you know, modern fibers, not a lot of people are craving the wool. I guess the market for wool is, is not that good. But they need to shear them anyway, I guess. So. I like the animals. They they look like um, – you know how I always say that I want to go for a run with a hippo? I'd take a, a <laughs> sheep for a run with me. Sheep are, sheep are kind of fun animals. They they are legit stupid. Yeah, that's, uh, what, that's what I hear. And one, one thing that's underrated about sheep, sheep sound exactly like a person making a <laughs> sheep sound, like a sheep impression. We I've stayed – uh, this is kind of random, but I've stayed at a sheep ranch a couple times and I'm trying to go to bed and it just sounds like some dude yelling bah outside. <laughs> it's legit like bah, like that's what it sounds like. That is a sheep sound. Oh, I'd be so into a sheep ranch. We have a, we have like a herd of sheep that live like on the corner kind of by our house and yeah. I always refer to them as my flock. I call them my buddies. Do you ever just buddies. like want to get a flock and like, tend to them on a green hillside yes almost every day of my life it's pretty pastoral (laughs) sheep yeah i mean sheep have their own culture right they there's dogs there's you know you got to get yourself a a lifestyle yeah a collie a border collie or something um another good thing about sheep is uh is the gyro i mean you really can't have a decent no i would not not have lamb no they're they're too nice to eat i wouldn't eat one you wouldn't have lamb like a, like no. a like a lamb roast or lamb is or a gyro. No, they're, they're but a beef but beef you're fine with. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know it's weird. Don't don't worry about it. All right, totally you normal. Do, you love animals, I guess. All right, how about a more palatable animal coming in at number three, and that is pigs. Ugh, pigs are the worst. Pig pigs are awesome because they're the most useful device for turning garbage into bacon that's ever been devised all right i'll give you that all right all right and just to let the record reflect here hall it seems like you're a little sensitive i don't i don't really like killing animals for food oh i'm not sensitive i completely understand that we like we raise animals to eat them but it's just hard to eat them while they're alive so that is true. That is true. You gotta, you gotta kill them. No, I have no problem eating pigs. Pigs, I don't like pigs. Just, I like bacon. I like all the pig like meats. Yeah, I love bacon to be to be honest. But pigs, they weird me out a bit. Pig is a fountain of good meat products. Okay. Ham, baby back ribs. But what's sausage. going on with their tails? Come on. What their little curly tails? Yeah, that's weird. They're they're a weird like pink color. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, kind of pink, or sometimes they're brown. Yeah, I I, I just saw some at the fair. So, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's kind of funny because at the fair, you know, there's like these animal evaluators. I walk into a barn. There's like 
uh, 200 pigs or mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. Those are pigs. They all look like <laughs> pigs to me. And then like one of them's got a sign that says grand champion or reserve grand champion. Evidently some pig expert who's probably spending a little too much time with the pigs. Without a doubt. Yep. Uh, you know, is evaluating their musculature and, you know, the size of their hams or whatever. <laughs> Come on. Like, you can even tell. Have you seen them show the, the – I saw them show uh, – Of course. It was sheep. No, maybe it was goats. They, like, straighten up their necks and something. Like, what is going on oh, yeah. here? They got this stick and then they – well, you want them to show – I'm not an expert. <laughs> I know just enough to run my mouth, which is, like, every power ranking. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that part out, Hall. Anyway. Nope, that's staying um, in. Ah, dang it. So they got this stick, and then so they got to square them up, and their hind legs got to be back, especially with steers. Like mm-hmm. their hind, because it shows off their their physiognomy. Physiognomy. Anyway, it shows Straight off their butts. Yeah, they got to get their butts so they show the meat better and shows off, you know, kind of how. And you got to have good genetics and. You show the and their head up and all this stuff. And then they're, you know, steers, they're like stroking them with a stick underneath their bellies. Oh, yeah, it's a big process. Mm. Yeah. 4-H, I mean, 4-H Twitter is going to be in, on fire after they after they hear. In this. a good way or a bad way? I'm curious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody loves showing off their farm animals. Who doesn't? Yeah. All right, I don't even know where I am. Uh, pigs was three. Uh, two is chickens. Chickens are great. They're easy to care for. Uh, the hens don't really, they're not loud. You just throw them some corn. They're easy to raise. They give you eggs, which is great. You know, we eat eggs. And we eat eggs. They, they can, um, a good hen will give you like one a day. Hmm. And, uh, and you can also eat chickens. Yeah. Right. Uh, Chicken wings. You got the buffalo wings Uh, and chicken has been big in the news this past week because um, the KFC uh, 11 herbs and spices has been, you know, uh, leaked. Really? Yeah. It's big, big, big news in the world of chicken. So I feel like I'm taking way too long. Okay, two is chicken. Just the right amount of time. (laughs) Thank you. No. Have the farm animal podcast. Okay, number one, you want to take a guess? I gotta go cows. Of course, it's cows. Cows have that iconic look. They got the black and white spots, but love, you can cows. have brown cows or or black cows too. But I mean, they're cows. They're they're big, so you get a lot of volume of meat in your animal. Um, they give you milk and not some crappy goat milk either, like real good dairy milk and milk. You're making. All the good things in life, True. right? You're making ice cream. You're putting it with your cereal. It's it's milk. It's it goes wonderful. in your coffee. It goes in your coffee. You know, bless cows. And cows yeah. have the nicest face. Like you look at a cow and think, <laughs> yeah, you know, what? I could tell that cow my problems. And it'd be like, I'm sorry to hear that. Do you do a lot of cow therapy work? I don't. I don't have access to cows. Yeah. I'd, I'd love for that to be the case, but it's just... Maybe you should start like a PTSD program for veterans where they adopt a cow and like tell them their problems. It's not a terrible idea. It's a it's a good and then and then when an episode strikes, like you just have steak afterwards, <laughs> and you just have you have the cow and you eat it. 
I mean, cows are great because they give you so many cuts of delicious meat, right? You got the brisket, you got uh, steaks, you know, and all the different kinds of steaks. You may, where would we be? We would be in a world without burgers if it weren't for cows. Cows are totally number one. Cows are a wonderful animal. All right. Let's get to the bottom three. <laughs> let's do that. Number three is duck. Duck. Uh. Duck. Duck is basically a less good chicken. Right. Yeah. And you have to like keep a pond or something for them to swim in for for farm ducks. It's like who's and, got water laying around? Yeah. I, I don't so stupid, you know. And like all right, duck. Are you gonna be like some white farm duck or are you gonna be like some wild multicolored duck? Like I feel like uh ducks have unrealistic media duck standards, beauty standards. Fair enough. Because because in a children's farm book, they're all white. Real farm ducks, I don't think, really look like that. Anyway, no don't idea. get me started on geese. Geese are down there, too. Okay. <laughs> Second from the worst is rabbits. They have these. They're filthy with these at the fair. First of all, rabbits don't have a good farm sound, right? You're reading a children's book. Here's the rabbit. And now what are you going to do? You're going to say hop, hop. It's just anarchy when you get to that one. Rabbits don't say Jack. Like, get your life together, rabbit, and have a sound. Make noise. Right. Gosh. And this kind of gets to your point earlier. What do you do with a rabbit besides eat it? I mean, they're not doing anything good for you, and they're too cute to eat. Oh, for they're sure. like fluffy, and they got the adorable ears. Like, they're useless. They're just like pets or whatever. They're not a good farm animal. I agree. And replicating like crazy. All right. That brings us to the worst farm animal. Do you want to take a guess? Well, the only farm animal left I can think of, um, are you including like llamas and alpacas in this? No, no, I considered them. But no, I I would say those are exotics. Those are awesome. I love both llamas and alpacas. They can be useful, yeah. I don't don't care if they're useful. I just want to chill with one. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) have one over for turkey someday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'd, t- I'd go for a run with an alpaca. Yeah. So what is it? What is a hull? What's the worst farm animal? Um, honestly, I can't, nothing's coming to mind. I can't think of what's what's. The left. worst farm animal is a donkey. Donkey. Okay. Donkeys are completely useless. They have a reputation for being a pain, right? Stubborn as a donkey. donkey? Yeah. Right. Okay, so they have the same issues that I had earlier with the horse. Like, why would why would farms keep donkeys around? Well, to haul stuff around or, you know, pull a cart or something. We don't need those anymore. We have tractors. Yeah. You know, they're an ugly, more useless horse is really what we're talking about. You know, so why does any farmer keep a donkey? Donkeys shouldn't even be around anymore. They're, you know whatever donkeys are bad it's power rankings hello this is eric's mom and you're listening to the podcastianos do you want to hear about things that i saw on the side of the road (laughs) yeah of course do you ever um so tuesday afternoon um there was a dead deer that showed up on the side of the road nice um it was there all week and freshly dead or oh it was it was freshly dead then and then over the over the subsequent did it become alive again (laughs) it it did not in in fact it started to sprout like maggots and it started to stink like real bad as dead things do um but then i went out for a run today and it was gone so like i don't Hmm. know if if in fact it came back to life and like hopped off or like if something came for it and ate it 
Um, huh. Probably like a Wolfman or like a Sasquatch or something. Yeah. Those are. Do you know um, that in the state of Michigan, only Kent County, which is the county around Grand Rapids, has a full-time employee to um, pick up and remove dead deer? Really? Yep. All the other counties, they just like, whatever. Let them, let them degrade in the gravel side, shoulder. Yeah, I mean, I guess what, I guess... You know, Unless some, maybe somebody picked them up. But. Maybe. Have you ever seen a dead deer where somebody like is thinks they're real clever and they tie the get well soon balloon on them? No. <laughs> I always think that's kind of funny. Let's see when everyone's in a while. All right. Let's move on to the Tigers next week after 20 plus minutes spent talking about animals. Um, next week, Monday, uh, tomorrow, 7-10, Boyd against James Shields, who in his last five starts, he's given up. Four, six, seven, eight, and six earned runs. That Ugh. is hashtag bad. Um, Tuesday, Norris against Anthony Renato at seven ten, and then Wednesday it's a day game. Verlander against Sale. That will be yes. fire emoji. Oh, yes, can't wait for that. That's what I want. What day was that? Did you say that would be Wednesday? One Wednesday, one, one ten first pitch. Friday. Oh, go ahead. Circle that one on your calendar, friends. That's what we're after. Because all of you who have real, like, actual calendars. Everybody's got the with the big red marker next to it, I'm sure. Mm. Friday, we travel to Kansas City, 8-15. Uh, we play Falmer. Uh, <laughs> 8-15, we play the the uh, the Royals. Michael Falmer against Danny Duffy, who you know that I absolutely adore. Um, we, need a, we need a big start for Mike. He hasn't been so hot recently. Um, but if we're going to beat Danny Duffy, he better be throwing up zeros. Yeah, true story. Seven fifteen on Saturday, Annie Ball goes against Jordano Ventura for the fifteenth time this year. We'll say if we come out of that game with no more injuries, we'll be happy. Um, and then Sunday, two <laughs> two fifteen, Matt Boyd against Dylan G. Um, nice that hopefully we're avoiding Ian Kennedy, who apparently we uh, can't hit. Yeah, I guess so. Our rotation um, is not bad. No, not at all. So when Zimmerman comes, when Zimmerman and Pelfrey come back where do they fit in pelfrey's got to go to the pen right i would sure hope so i, I would sure hope so i i seriously think he can be an impact arm out of the pen i know he you gets, do he gets <laughs> he gets everyone else out there probably also knows that i think that um he gets ground balls if his stuff is playing up a little bit more throwing in shorter bursts like it can but happen then zimmerman's got to take uh and it's got to take sanchez's spy he's they're not they can't pull boyd out of there can they i wouldn't think so i wouldn't think I, that you could put there's more upside down the stretch with with uh with norris and boyd than leaving any ball in the rotation without a doubt yeah but brad and the infatuation with the veterans I, I they should leave boyd in but i wonder i wonder yeah that that'll be a really interesting um decision. because sanchez has been a little better Oh, he's he's been a lot better. I mean, he, he was so yeah, bad well, he from where he was. He could yeah, not I mean, be a lot better. Yeah. All right, six games record prediction. Uh, I'll go four and two again. All right, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna go for it again. I still believe in the boys. I believe in a turnaround starting tomorrow night. I'm going six and zero. Oh. It'll totally work out for you this time. Absolutely. Um, what's an acceptable week? Four and two. Four and two. All right. Yeah, I think we'll stay in the hunt at four and two. Um, anything less? I mean, than even that three, is... three and three. I mean, I don't know. I'm worried at three and three. Well, they do need do need to move here a little bit. Um, let's see. Uh, Friday, first Michigan State football game. They play uh, against Furman. 
You think they're going down? Furman? Yes. That's a real school? Yes. I was going to give you bonus points if you knew where it was at, so I'm going to assume not. Uh, Furman. Uh, I don't know. I don't know uh, the answer either, so don't feel obligated to, to guess. Nova Scotia, for all I know. That seems fair. <laughs> and by fair, I mean definitely not true. Uh, Michigan's first game is versus Hawaii this weekend. Um, Whitney, Whitney was actually, that doesn't seem like quite as much of a cupcake as Furman. No. Whitney was actually Googling uh, Hawaiian food because we're Michigan fans, so we were going to, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know what she found. I'm sure stuff with pineapple. pineapple which I Just do, get I some pineapples. Like. So um, each of them play 12 games. Uh, care to make a record prediction? Uh, I, I'm so bad at, at football or college football. I think they're both going to win 10 games. All right. I don't know. Nine games. Um, How many do they play total? Twelve. Well, twelve regular season. Then there's possibly the like championship game, and then possibly the playoffs. And, okay. Or slash bowl games. So they they always manage to lose a couple games. So I'm going to say Michigan State's going to win ten games, and Michigan is going to win nine games. All right. So better year for State, and who wins? Who wins the big one again? Well. From the the big game, Michigan versus Michigan State, not not Michigan State or Michigan versus Ohio State. Uh, I think I think Michigan State will be a better team this year. Okay, um, I, I will know. say I don't know anything about Michigan State to be fair. Um, so I'll say ten wins. That does feel about right. I think Michigan wins eleven. I think the only game they lose uh, kills me to say is against Ohio State because quite Are, frankly they're going to be good this year. Uh, yeah, they they should be pretty good. I don't you know. They have quarterback issues. Nobody knows who's going to start at quarterback, I don't think. So that's not ideal. Um, yep. But the defense should be really good. I got to tell you, I'm always boggled by how much bandwidth those two teams can take up on uh, talk uh, sports talk radio. Oh, I'm, like I'm local not sports talk people, radio. people are more into that than almost anything else in life, especially, especially during the season. See, that's so crazy to me. Like, you know, I've I've been I've never been to a Michigan game. I've been to several state games, but I suppose. Yeah, I mean, there are people who live for Saturday and, you know. Yeah, I don't I, I don't quite get it. But I mean, I'm, I'm a big Michigan fan. I was born in Ann Arbor. Um, but once the season's over, I don't think about Michigan football until like today. Sure. um, That's healthy. Yeah. I have one more story before we get out uh, for for today. I don't know if you saw this. Josh Donaldson's second home run today for the Blue Jays. Did you see the replay of this? No. Um, He swings and like absolutely mashes it. Pat Light, who's the Twins pitcher, does uh, he he's the one that served it up. Does this like Phil Coke point up to the infielders like ball is coming to you as it goes into the second deck in absolute dead center field. Oh, so no, Pat, it is not coming to the infield. Just like the most casual thing in the world, you know, balls in the air. Look for it. Oh, it's five hundred feet away. Classic. Well, Pat. you know, you, I guess it's just trying to be positive, the hoping, and you know, in the quick split second from the time he swung to the time it was two row, two decks up. I suppose there was a brain fart issue. I got to be honest. When I pitched, I was a pointer. Were you? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Ball's in the air. I'm pointing at it. Um, you got to help your team. <laughs> exactly. Um, I remember my, my pitching coach thought that I was just the worst fielder. So anytime there was you know, <laughs> any play, which I'm not, I play, I play shortstop for our, you know, church softball team. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not oh, unathletic. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But any time that there was a ball even remotely in my area, everyone would make you know the big joke about like, hey, let's get it so that the worst fielder in the history of the world doesn't have to touch it. Those are my friends. That kind of um, that kind of zeitgeist, that thought uh, is still so prevalent. Like the pitcher can't catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Batting practice, they do nothing but stay in the outfield, catch fly balls. Yeah, but Justin like, Wilson catching a, a pop up versus any of the real fielders. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of there are there it. are definitely examples. Like I would trust Fulmer to catch one, but there's definitely examples that you know, big sexy. I wouldn't want, although I guess he has a history of making spectacular plays. So Who is this? Bartolo Colon. Oh, jeez. He is. I mean, he's throwing it behind his back and doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he has a, a history of being um, very, very good defensively. It's crazy. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can at podcastianos.com. On Twitter, I am at JordanHall23. Eric is at Comeric. Eric, and the show is at podcastianos. And once again, we'd love it if you take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Eric, anything else for the people before we get out of here for the week? Go to a local fair. You know, buy some buy some, you know, locally grown products or something. I think bid the question, on a, the question at this point is do they have to? We just brought the entire experience to them. Oh, uh, we can't quite convey the smell That's of the fair over the podcast. But otherwise, true. yes, we we covered most of it. Um, And with that being said, we will catch you guys next week. And eat them up, Tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.